This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Stand by, Rutherford County. The WGNS Action Line continues a search for truth. Good morning and welcome into the action line from WGNS. This morning we are focusing on the city of Murfreesboro. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is with us this morning. Shane, good morning to you. Good morning, Bart. I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's good to have you here, I tell you. I, I'm impressed. I see you've got your own mic cover with your name on there. That's that's, pretty, <laughs> that's impressive. That's new. I've, I, I haven't I, seen that. I've had that for a year now since, yeah. since we've had the COVID. Maybe it hadn't been turned Yeah, maybe it hasn't way. been turned where you can see yeah. it. So Everybody has their own personal mic that's cover right. now. And the ones you're using, we change those every day yep. and uh, put a new one on there. We're talking today about uh, the city of Murfreesboro. A lot happening here. I mean, the growth continues. Uh, yeah, we're st- you know, the last two weeks have been busy, specifically week before last. You know, we got a bunch of traffic complaints that week. Um, not a lot of people were realizing that Spring Fling was in town, which is a big deal. You know, you've got people from all over the state who are coming to, to Middle Tennessee and um lots of good things that were happening you know we had a lot of our local baseball teams and a lot of our local soccer teams that were all competing it was a lot of good a lot of good stuff oh yeah i was excited to see that and it's exciting to see the stores full with shoppers and restaurants a lot different than it was this time last year And, and i just got as a matter of fact um an announcement last night that the the board TWSWA board has a, has agreed that they're giving to a two year an additional two year contract to Rutherford County to host Spring Fling moving forward. So great, Fantastic. yeah, excited. Well, it's a good place for it. We're in the center of the state. We have uh, phenomenal facilities for yeah. all of these sports. You know, our soccer complex is coming along. Um, you know, this year MTSU didn't allow. Um, their campus to be open for the event so they went around to local high schools and that's where the baseball games were were held and championship games were held and uh, you know lots of lots of good things that were happening it was a good place good time to be able to showcase the hard work that the county school board has done in, in keeping up all these nice schools and of course the city we're you know proud of mcknight park and barfield and all the the different places that we have so it was a it was a good time to showcase murfreesboro and rutherford county we heard a lot of good conversation about that and especially we were getting a lot of rain which this has been a wet spring yeah, no for d- us no doubt and so uh they were saying ah i'm afraid this is not going to work out it's too much rain and within an hour, the field would be dry, and they'd be out there playing. Opened so, up, and here, here we yeah. go. Well, we've got some great facilities here. And uh, how is progress on the McKnight Park uh, area? Because that's going to be the state location for, for soccer. Well, Siegel. So the Siegel Soccer Complex. Oh, Siegel. Yeah, okay. it's coming along nicely. They're working on the fields now. Several of the turf fields are, are done, and, you know, we're excited about that. It, it really is overall – of course it was an expensive project but um you know 
when you dig down into the numbers, it's ex- it's extremely expensive to maintain, you know, 15 soccer fields. And going to turf, the maintenance on the turf fields goes really to zero besides vacuum, you know, vacuuming them every once in a while and blowing them off. So it's something that, you know, long term is going to save a significant, significant amount of money to the taxpayer. And on top of that, you know, the usage of that uh, of that facility was really – you could start it in September. Typically, you'd start September, October, uh, and November you would play. Then it shut down December, January, February, March. It opens back up in April, but that's so weather-dependent. So we're really only using that facility about six months out of the year. And now the facility can be used 12 months out of the year because the turf fields, it doesn't, you know, like you just said, it could, it, it could rain at 9 a.m. 9 in the morning and they're ready <laughs> to play on at 10. You know, and, so, of course, our kids get the benefit of that, too. Yeah, so it's a, you know, I still subscribe to the, to the, um, to the opinion that if kids are busy on athletic fields or in parks settings, that means that, you know, they're not doing other things that could get them in trouble. Very good. Well, let's look at that uh, park a little bit closer, and uh, it's going to include an office building where the uh, state soccer headquarters yep. will be. Uh, when will that be seen? You know, they're, they're, it's going through our, our process right now. We voted um, several months ago you know, for the, the second additional package to go through, so that included an indoor, the foundation work for an indoor practice facility. Uh, so you know, I think over it takes time to get things built, especially in this this COVID world. But I would say over the next, you know, never next several months, you'll start seeing you know things progress um, further along out there. It's it's hard because you also have to take into account that, you know, that's a facility that's being used every day, and yeah. so you're trying to transition that. You know, we've had a significant issue at McKnight Park over at Sportscom. Um, they're they're nearing completion, but. You know, that's an older building, uh, and all of the subgrade piping, the plumbing, um, that was all cast iron, you know, from years and years ago, so it it disintegrated. So over the last um, mo- several months, we voted on an emergency repair that it's it was an expensive fix, but they've had to, you know, basically jackhammer and cut out all the concrete to be able to repair the piping under the bathroom facilities. Which meant that's that, a big job. Yeah, which meant Borough <laughs> Beach couldn't open up for Memorial Day. I drove by there um, Monday, and it looked like that you know there's it's getting back to normal out there. But you know it's always something on maintaining the facilities. Oh, absolutely. Well, uh, we have a question here from a listener who's asking us about. Uh, they said they were all set to go to Costco. And it's not quite finished yet. Give us an update on that. Yeah, I think they're planning on. We voted last week on their beer permit. Um, we have a council meeting today that I think we're voting on their their wine permit, um, and so I think they're still planning on opening up in in the July time range. So I think that's coming, you know, pretty quick. The estimated sales tax on Costco is astronomical on how many people come. It's close to a million bucks a year is what their sales tax revenue uh, comes in, and not only does that you know, benefit the, the city, that benefits the county as well. You know, our sales tax revenue at nine and three quarters percent, half of that goes to the state, and then we get the half. And so then the 50% that we get, we split that with the county. Uh, so I like to say half of the half goes to the county, and that's specifically earmarked that it has to be spent on education. 
Um, and, you know, so our sales tax revenue is, is pretty significant on, you know, the investment that, that the council has made in different projects that, that not only benefits, um, you know, the city that benefits the overall, every, you know, every taxpayer in Rutherford County is benefit, benefited by, you know, that sales tax dollars that come in. So when you talk about spring fling and those things, you know, it's, it's an inconvenience because of traffic, but the economic benefit that that, that that provides to the taxpayer is significant, which, you know, helps us keep our tax rate low. And that Costco will be a full-service Costco, complete with the gas station, everything. Yeah, and Sam Huddleston just texted me, so thank you, Sam. Sam's our director of development. Costco announced that they're going to be opening July the 20th. That's July their, 20th. That's their date. Okay, very good. Uh, speaking of Costco, while we're out in that area, uh, how does it look on uh, the finishing of uh, 99? 99 was scheduled to or is scheduled to be finished the last meeting that we had um i want to say it was august september timeline sam will text me and let me know here he's on top of it um (laughs) that's the last thing that we had heard so you know what's going to happen is they're going to finish that portion and then they're going to start the the portion from Cason lane to veterans parkway and then they'll double track back and they'll do uh highway 96 old fort parkway back to 24 which is going to be you know that's the tough one because uh, there's so many businesses and utilities that have got to be relo- you know have got to be relocated along that corridor. Here's a listener's text. They said they uh, were out there the other day, and it looks like the new section of 99 is about ready for traffic, and uh, that they need to pave the old section now. So is that what they would be doing? You know, I don't know the over. You know, that's a state project, so that's not a city project. Um, but I can I can find out. I'm not sure what the Sam Sam has. Sam, Sam's the man, so he, I'm, he I'm sure we'll hear something here in a second. <laughs> okay, our phone number. If you have a question, you can text or talk, whichever you prefer. Six one five six. Excuse me. Six one five eight nine three fourteen fifty. Six one five eight nine three. 1450 and we're talking about uh, growth in the area uh, I was didn't realize we were we went over to Eagleville uh, the other day I didn't realize how far out our city limits goes yeah it's almost at Rockvale High School well you know we ran sewer that was part of the the uh, agreement we did several years ago when Rockville High School opened up we ran sewer um from that highway 99 corridor and so once you go through the veterans parkway intersection on the left you've got the rucker donnell foundation that uh, brought a plan i forget how many acres that they have but that's all you know city that goes past veterans parkway almost to the the high school um you know we looked several years ago in, in the county built when the county built their school Dr. Gilbert was looking across in that area for a, for a, uh, an elementary school, and you know, of course, we decided that it probably didn't make sense as the county was building their schools that we build an elementary out there. But you know, that's where we looked. Uh, we had our fire station ten that I think back in oh gosh, I can't remember the year, but you know, we built that, and then the recession came on, and so. Uh, I think at the time, Roger Haley was a city manager, and the decision was made, you know, hey, we're going to let that sit for a while. Um, so, there, you know, there's a lot of significant um, development that's that's out there. We have a text from a listener who says that they live in that area, and every day they drive down Veterans Parkway, and they're amazed 
at all of the open fields. There's nothing in those open fields, but you have that four-lane divided highway that's ripe for something, well, and they're wondering what's going to be in those fields. You know, it's, it's interesting because back in the recession, a company, um, you know, when we were going through to, to build Salem Elementary, we couldn't find land in highway nine, on that Highway 99 corridor, or let me, we couldn't find people who wanted to sell their land. You know, that was one of the issues when we were trying to find park property for, for the, you know, the west side of town. You can't buy property. So, what, you know, what we found out, that, that property that's along Highway 99 is owned by really one group that's out of New York that bought that back in the recession. And, you know, they're just not interested in selling. It's in an estate. So, you know, we had some some tough discussions when we ended up buying that, you know, I think we bought 20 acres from them um, and paid a premium for that property. I think we paid $75,000 an acre for that school site, which is probably double anything we've ever bought before. But that area is just there, you know, when we built the 14 mile long or 11 mile long Veterans Parkway, there has been a lot of significant development out there, but um, we just don't see a lot of plans coming through to the council that is in that Veterans Parkway corridor from 99 in between Highway 96. You just don't see a lot of development out there. Do you think it'll be retail, or do you feel it'll be homes, or you know, do you I think th- it'll be apartments? I, no, I can't, I, no, I can't speak for everyone, but um, I am not. A proponent of any more apartments um you know i think that the land that we've got that's that's gotten zoned um over the years there's not anything we can do about that you know that was before us and you know it's like a lot of things we deal with what has been dealt to us but you know your 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 multifamily area really needs to stay in my opinion in your more dense area so the gateway area you know there's a lot of property out there that's zone uh, multi-use so in that multi-use zoning, multifamily is already in there. But, you know, I, I think we made a mistake many, many, many years ago in allowing multifamily apartments to go on the outskirts of our community, like what's out in Highway 99. I think, you know, we made a mistake on St. Andrews, uh, allowing so much multifamily there. And now, you know, that that contributes to the transportation and traffic issues we have in those areas. So I think what you need to do is have your multifamily in dense areas where you've got services where people don't have to drive you know they can walk to in the gateway they can walk to eat or they can walk to buy groceries or those things because the services are there and you know that was a that was a different uh mindset august uh, highway 99 um is going to be finished in august and then the warrior drive project which is being done by the sit the city will be in conjunction with their opening in july Here's another question. They're asking, are there any future plans for the VA golf course? You know, yes, we're talking about that today at the at the uh, at our retreat. And it's unfortunate we had a discussion at our council retreat that we just one of the topics that a council member had put on to discuss was the VA golf course, and because we don't own that property, and um, you know, staff is looking at some pretty substantial capital improvements that we're going to have to do out there like there's not you know it's a gravel parking lot and it's hard to be you know accessible handicap accessible at the when you got a gravel parking lot that they just don't go together so you know there's some things that they were coming to us and in what we were you know really 
talking about as a council was to say, hey, come back and give us what those costs are. And I equate it to, you know, if you own a rental house and you're, or excuse me, if you're renting a house, you're not going to go in and put a lot of capital improvements in a rental house that you don't own that benefits the landlord. And that's the same concept with the VA. We don't own the property. And the VA has has really talked about over the last couple of years, maybe with excess property and, and specifically going back to the Trump administration and now with the Biden administration, there's been a lot of focus put on the VA facilities on expanding those and providing better care for our veterans. And, you know, that includes the land that's um, on the VA. So anyway, all we did was have a discussion. There was no vote. There was no discussion on the shut it down. We just said, okay, look, this is how much it's costing us every year. And unfortunately, somehow out of that discussion, um, a rumor got started and, you know, someone told employees they were losing their jobs and that we were shutting down the golf course. And that's just not true. I mean, that was not the council discussion. The council discussion was, hey, bring us back more information. Let us understand what you're asking. Let us understand, you know, how much this golf course is costing the taxpayer every year. And then we'll, we'll have to make an educated decision on if we want to spend taxpayer dollars on a facility that we don't own that they could kick us out at any time you know so that's really what the discussion was about does the city own any contiguous land that they could swap the va with no and 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 you know the no we don't and the federal government you know we own our water treatment facility is behind the va but and there's the mtsu pig farm that's back there there was a big discussion back 10 years ago or 15 years ago before Mr. Haley left that they were trying to renegotiate a lease that would give us access to that property and it would be a lifetime lease and just the federal government is hard to deal with on some things including excess land and it just couldn't get worked out and so you know it it, it at that point it was like hey the VA is going to be what the VA is we're going to try to operate it in the most cost effective way that we possibly can to have that amenity but you know, now it's getting to the point that we have to be able to see, you know, do we want to spend, I don't know what the number is, but just say that it's a couple hundred thousand dollars of investment there. Do we want to spend $200,000 of funds that in a facility that we don't own that the federal government could just come in and say, Hey, we want this for these uses now. So that, that's really the discussion. It was not a, it was not a discussion that we're shutting it down. It was, it was just a discussion to say, let's get information to understand what staff is asking. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're going to pause for just a moment. Stay with us. Look up in the sky. There it is. The tallest tower in Murfreesboro. This is WGNS FM, AM, and worldwide at WGNSRadio.com. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the things when we were looking at trying to craft our menu to help those who are dieting is the side dishes. A lot of times we were so used to eating starches and unhealthy side dishes. In addition to our spinach, which we've had on the menu from the start, we've added zucchini and green beans, but we've also added broccoli. The broccoli is properly steamed so it's not too soft and not too hard. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner seven days a week at Demas's. 
Hi, this is Dan Mitchell at Music World and Drummer's Den, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have an excellent sound room with good acoustics. If you want to try out any guitar in the store, if you've got a perfect place to listen to it, compare them side by side, see how the neck feels to your hand, which is important to a guitar player. We have keyboards to play, a room in the back for drums to give a run through with cymbals, snares, whole sets. Come in Music World and Drummer's Den and try out before you buy it. Music World and Drummer's Den. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. Family Restoration Staffing. One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One MiddleTennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. Honoring and remembering those who served in our military. I was on a guided missile frigate. Here is today's Salute to Veterans. I was in combat close to 18 months. Got out on early release in 73 when the ceasefire occurred. The so-called end of the uh, hostilities it never really did until 75, but for us it did, and I was early out because of my combat service. Vietnam veteran Ralph Gervasio. What was the atmosphere like when you did come home in the 70s? It was, it was really poor. Couldn't come home in my uniform, let's put it that way. I had to come home in civilian clothes because of the flights and because of the airports and the kind of reception that I could possibly get. You hear a lot of negative things about uh, when the Marines came back, and it's all true. In the latter part of the war, they didn't want us to have eggs thrown at us or uh, slurs or things of that sort, so I had to come home in civilian clothes. I didn't admit that I was a Vietnam veteran at all until in the 1980s. Uh, I couldn't get my old job back because I served in Vietnam. And so from that point until the 1980s, I never admitted I was a veteran at all. It would have been a negative, not a positive. You know, you don't hate the warrior, you hate the war. Vietnam veteran Ralph Gervasio. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. Good morning. Still quite a bit of traffic volume out here, making its way down 24, coming out of Coffee County. Speaking of which, in Coffee County, the THP is trying to wrap up that crash 24 westbound at the 111, just outside of Manchester. At one point, you had traffic a little bit slow, but it was slow because of rubberneckers. Hey, Ripley's Aquarium, Sleep of the Sharks, Family Edition is coming up. Uh, check it out at Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on time traffic. Thank you, Chuck. What about that Murfreesboro weather brought to you by Capstone? Bank. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms at times here this afternoon with cloudy skies high in the low 80s. Southwest winds around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. Old friends, new name, better together, as First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank. Our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. 
Two powerful FM signals, one AM signal, and worldwide on WGNSRadio.com. You can listen to us anywhere. We are WGNS Murfreesboro. We are back again, focusing on the city of Murfreesboro. And if you have a question, Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarlane is with us this morning. Let's go to the phones. Good morning. You're on WGNS with the mayor. How are you today? I'm doing great. I hope y'all are doing well, too. Yeah, we are. Good to hear you. Uh, I want to take you out to the other side of town. Um, uh, The Dunkin' Donuts, uh, that little strip mall that's... uh, on Memorial now, close to Thompson and uh, Pompton Roads. Uh-huh. You know, right. Okay. You know, you know where I'm talking about? Yes, ma'am. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, I live in Brent Mead Subdivision behind that, and I'm wondering, as I walk down on my morning walk, it looks like they're cutting a road behind the Dunkin' Donuts that empties out into our subdivision. Now, they're building a bunch of stuff behind the Dunkin'. I'm not sure what that's going to be, if it's apartments or condos, but... We don't really need any traffic dumped into our subdivision. They already get a light. They've got that light at Eleanor Way to get out on the main road going either way. So I'm wondering what that's about. Why are they cutting a road through to our neighborhood? Let me, I, I'm not sure. I don't have the, <clears throat> that was approved. Many, I know exactly what you're talking about. That used to be the Brooks Gerald farm that was there. So I don't know. Yeah, yeah. You know, typically, if there's a, stru- a stub street, I'm, I'm not. I don't remember what that road is on Brent Mead there that it, that uh, you know that's adjacent to that. Typically, if you Overton see, Court. okay, is is there a stub street on Overton Court there? Overhill, um, no. It, it it's kind of a little bit crooked, but it looks like it could almost be linked up with Braxton. But there's nothing directly across from it. It would just be dumped out into the neighborhood, which would. Yeah, they so, have to make two or three turns to get back to a main road. Yeah, the only way that a road typically is ever extended through a subdivision is if there is a, you know, for example, if you're driving in a subdivision, a lot of times you'll see a road that dead ends into an adjacent piece of property and the road just stops. Right. So, you know, those would, would be the reason they're done that way is because over over time it's anticipated that the adjacent property would develop and then that gives connectivity to be able to get, you know, people in and out, and as well as emergency service vehicles. But I don't know that specific case, but I'll find out. Okay, thank you. Thanks for calling, and we'll have the uh, answer on the radio as soon as he does find out. We have a question here from a listener who's wanting to ask, uh, how are, how's it going with the Blackman Park? They're ready to go play. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we've had a lot of discussion over the last, um, really the last couple of months on... You know, that piece of property on 840, uh, also under our capital plans, we've had a lot of a lot of talk, you know, about the park out on Highway 96. Um, that project came to us about three weeks ago, and the council deferred it um, on 840, the rezoning, to ask that we wanted a larger, more acreage for the park, you know, the community park that would go there. So, I mean, I think things are still moving along. It's not on the agenda for the council to discuss today, but I, I would anticipate that being, um, I think it's in July, the date that we've set that we're going to be, or June 26th, maybe, that we're going to be having that discussion on, you know, what the staff's looking. So I think it's coming along. I mean, you know, Bart, I've, I've said it many times on the show, I, I feel like if, there's a lot of things that we've done really well in the city. When I say we, the entire team, 
one of the things I think that we've, you know, not followed through with that we, we really need to make sure happens is a park on that west side of town. And so, um, you know, I'm, every time we talk about it, there's a sort of a, 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 a in the pit of my stomach is just like a, a, a pain that I'm, man, we should have done that years ago. So I think we're all, you know, on board of moving through with that. When do you think we might see something on that? You know, I think we'll see something in the next month that will come to us that gives direction on, you know, from the entire council to say, hey, this is what we'd like to see happen, um, you know, and, and, and come up with a plan on, on exactly what we're going to do. Okay, we have a question here about Middle Tennessee State University. Uh, it's pretty much landlocked, but they do have a few new pieces of land. Uh, that they've purchased over the years, the green space where the hospital used to be and things of that sort. Do you expect any more growth in the university land-wise? You know, I don't I don't see uh, MTSU, you know, they're, I think, typically when property comes available around the university, they will, um, they'll snatch that up. But I met with their board of trustees president a week ago no, it was maybe this Tuesday. Oh, everything a week ago last Tuesday, everything blends together. I think they own 200 acres that surround the university. I think that's the number that they that they still have that could be developed. Um, just a you know property around the university, and then they bought you know anytime an older home comes up, they they buy that. So I don't you know I, I see them um, really re- renovating existing buildings like what they're doing with the construction management program they knocked down two dorms to be able to do that i think they knocked down judd hall and maybe Lyons was on bell street um i lived in judd hall when i was at mtsu but i think you're seeing them probably repurpose buildings more than they are you know growing their footprint but they do have a lot of space to grow their footprint they do if they choose to yep our phone number is 615-893-1450 you can talk or text on that 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. And we're in the uh, time of the year where we transition into the new fiscal year and a new, uh, a whole lot of new paperwork for you. How is that uh, coming out as far as the budget for the new year? You know, things are going, um, things are going well. I mean, we ended up saving about, conservatively, we ended up saving four to five million this year through covid our revenues were up through covid which i was just passed out that you know our sales tax revenue was up so I, you know i think that we're we're trending in the right direction really the biggest thing that we're dealing with right now is our employee compensation and this is just my opinion i mean you know we're, we're working on um you know we're working on how do we compete with the private sector when it's so hard you know to to hire people now you know the the unemployment rate here is roughly six percent but you know every article i read or person i talk to says it's probably a little higher just because there's so many people based on all the packages that were rolled out that haven't come back into the workforce that it's hard to hire people so you know we've got roughly 39 police positions that are open and you know, I think two years ago the council made the decision. We upgraded our our safety pay plan, pay plan two and a half million dollars, um, and we changed that over to a step system. You know, to be able to 
attract and keep police officers and and our firefighters and first responders so i think we've had a lot of discussion on you know as we've done that other municipalities are doing that and it's you know we're all fighting for the same pool so i think what um we have to be able to do is you know it's not always about how much money you're paying someone it's about the organization that you work for and i think that's something that we're you know continually working on whether it's educational benefits employee benefits and that's really the biggest thing you know we we there was the um I call it Biden bucks. It's whatever the American Re- Recovery Relief Act that the city of Murfreesboro, we're getting $24 million and we're trying to figure out how to work through that process on, you know, what that was. And, you know, originally there, we could use some of that for employee stipends for people who work during COVID. And then it was changed now that we can't do that. Uh, so, I mean, that's one of the discussions the council is going to have today on, you know, what our, what our increases are going to be. And, you know, I think, specifically from the police and fire you know it's going to be tougher and tougher to hire police officers i mean just nationally i mean you just don't see people wanting to go into that field and so i think that's something as a council we're going to have to really put an emphasis on is you know partnering with mtsu to be able to get people as they come out of school to offer them a job in the police field but you know also have the ability where looking at things like 10-hour shifts for our police officers to work four tens as opposed to you know five eights um and so that, i think there's all kinds of different things we're really going to have to look at when you look at some of the unemployment numbers that we get from the state rutherford county used to be uh, in that privileged area we'd be right up on the top of people having jobs uh, wilson county was in there with us williamson county always was the lowest uh, number of people who did not have jobs, uh, and they continue to be, but we are in that 6% range now, and you have counties like Cheatham, uh, even uh, counties uh, north of us uh, and, and over toward uh, uh, Bell Buckle, those areas seem to be doing better than we are. What What is the reason for that? You know, I don't think, I, I probably would disagree. I don't think they're doing better than us. Um, I just think I'm just looking at numbers. Oh yeah, yeah. I think you know one you want to you want to be able to afford and live where you work, and so you know for years that was one of the the issues in Williamson County that um, you know our good friends over there you you can't afford you know the average house price over there is half a million dollars or five sixty, and so you know that you've got to make a lot of money to be able to afford a half a million dollar house, and and that's a so you know what we saw is people would you know work in Williamson County and live in in Rutherford County, but now what you're seeing the average price in Murfreesboro I think I saw the data from last month the average price sold in Murfreesboro is like three hundred forty five thousand dollars, so it's getting tougher and tougher to be able to say the same thing for Rutherford County now and um, you know so people are going to the outskirts to live in those areas for affordability and a lot of times people are like hey i just would rather work in that area so i mean that's where we are right now like i don't think that we can compete with the pay in nashville you know in all due respect to nashville they are much 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 larger than us but i wouldn't trade the financial position that the city of murfreesboro is in regarding our debt you know our our assets our bond rating i wouldn't trade that with any city in the state of tennessee um you know so i think what we have to be able to do 
and this is something I, you know, I had a meeting with our staff yesterday talking about several different things. But, you know, I think we have to be able to show that we've got other things that we're putting in place, whether it be employee schedules, you know, and a very competitive salary, but to make it to where, you know, there are other things besides solely money um, for people being employed. Our phone number is 615-893-1450. We're going to pause for just a moment, check on the traffic and weather. We'll be back. The final segment of our broadcast with Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland. And we're looking at Murfreesboro and some of the things that are concerning you with the city. 615-893-1450. We'll be right back. I can radio that's kind of possessed. It's coast to coast AM overnight every night. You have a possessed radio? Yeah. WGNS, Murfreesboro. Mark your calendars for the 54th annual Murfreesboro Antique Show and Sale coming up July 16th, 17th, and 18th at the Middle Tennessee Expo Center on 1688 Middle Tennessee Boulevard. $7 gets you in for the whole weekend, so bring the family. Parking's free and food and drinks are available inside the venue. Schedule online anytime. Getting an appointment with Ascension Care Teams at St. Thomas just got easier with online scheduling. Now you don't have to break away from your day to book the care you need when and where you need it. No matter where you are or what you're up to, whether you're a new patient or if you've been here before, just pick the appointment that works for you. Schedule online anytime at GetSTHealthCare.com. This is Hope Rogers with the Villages of Murfreesboro Senior Living Community. We would just like to let our listeners know that after a year of living with the COVID-19 pandemic, things are finally starting to return to normal here at the Villages. Due to vaccines, we are now able to welcome family, friends, and entertainment back into our community after what has been a very long year for so many. So if you're considering making a lifestyle change that allows you the freedom and peace of mind of still being independent, but with the luxury living that comes with a senior living community, then please give me a call. Hope Rogers, 615-848-3030. Good morning. Still quite a bit of traffic volume out here. Making its way down 24, coming out of Coffee County. Speaking of which, in Coffee County, the THP is trying to wrap up that crash. 24 westbound at the 111, just outside of Manchester. At one point, you had traffic a little bit slow, but it was slow because of rubberneckers. Hey, Ripley's Aquarium, Sleep of the Sharks, Family Edition is coming up. Uh, check it out at Ripley's Aquarium of the Smokies.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. We'll see a few scattered showers and thunderstorms at times here this afternoon with cloudy skies high in the low 80s. Southwest winds around 5 to 10 miles per hour. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. All Sports Talk. Weekdays at 5. WGNS, your good neighbor station. Rutherford place to talk. Welcome back. Let's go to the phones. Whoop. Lost that one. <laughs> Call us back. 615-893-1450. Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland is with us, the final segment of our broadcast. And if you have a question dealing with the city of Murfreesboro, give us a shout. 615-893-1450. 615-893-1450. 
And good morning. You're on WGNS. How are you today? Doing fine, y'all. Doing fine, yeah. I heard rumors that they're talking about renaming Mercury Boulevard. Okay, what about that? Uh, yeah, that went, That you know, that actually is not a decision that's made by the council. Street namings are done by the Planning Commission. But that came uh, uh, several, several months ago about renaming um, Mercury to Martin Luther King Boulevard. And I think there was a discussion at the Planning Commission on, you know, whether it should have the DR in front of it. Um, but I, that's something... I think that did pass the planning commission, and I think that's something that's um, that's going through the process now. It shouldn't be changed at all. Won't they just give them as new streets, as many new streets as they build in them town? Yeah, I mean, I think I think there's, you know, the overall opinion on that was looking at you know the area and the significance, you know, where Patterson Park is, and you know the significance that a lot of people have put into that community and that area. That that would be a more fitting area. Um, I think you know Councilman Wade was the one who who brought that up and and explained that. But um, you, you know the the tough thing is is on streets that we build now, you don't have a lot of what I would say major streets that we you know we we build collectors and arterials but we don't build a lot of major streets anymore so i think that was the the decision on that or sort of the rationale all right thank you thank you bud thanks for listening 615-893-1450 that leaves a line for you this morning 615-893-1450 but don't wait because we only have a few minutes left in the program and uh we have a listener who's wanting to uh, ask you about the progress of the First Methodist Church project. Yeah, we voted on that last Thursday night. The, it was on second reading, the final, um, the final changes there. They've started demolition over there now. Uh, if you drive by, you'll start seeing things that are being, being torn down to start the process. So, you know, the main change that happened on that was the, hotel, the boutique hotel. I think it was 100 rooms or 100 beds. COVID has killed anything on, on being able to do any type of hospitality or hotel, specifically with financing. I mean, people just don't want to finance those projects because they don't know, you know, the current occupancy rates are, are they're coming back. Our hotel motel taxes, you know, luckily we don't budget hotel motel tax. That's almost like gravy. You know, that's not something we rely on. You know, organizations that designate, hey, we're specifically using the hotel motel tax from for this. I mean, that's been covid's been tough on that because you know the hotel motel tax basically went to zero um we, we don't do that um and so that's just that's what was removed from that project and so there was more residential uh units that were brought downtown which we've heard for years that you need you know a more vibrant downtown with people living in those areas to be able to walk and provide rooftops for services you know coffee shops and those things need people who live there to support them and so i think you're going to see that coming through i think that the overall date is uh, an opening in 2022 uh, and so that'd be something i think we're all proud of here's a text from a listener who's asking about the farmland across from the avenue of murfreesboro they say that it's looking like something is happening over there especially behind mcdonald's yeah that um the, this, the area that they're talking about is the Williamson Farm that's behind, um, you know, would, is the, 
the Williamson Farm where Asbury Lane, the council, we've had some pretty significant discussions about Asbury Lane and how dangerous that intersection is. The numbers we got back, um, if you can believe this, there's, I want to say the number was 13 or 14,000 traffics per day on that Asbury Lane, uh, which is just a horrible intersection trying to come out onto Medical Center Parkway. And, you know, over the years, we've had the discussion going all the way back to when the the Beatties were out at um, at the, the Williamson Farm at the Grove about, you know, trying to work together on realigning Asbury Lane, you know, to get that to get that align with Wilkinson Pike to then in turn go all the way back to the, you know, the 840 slash Florence area back through there. So, you know, those discussions are going on now. Um, they're they're tough discussions because, you know, you have a, a piece of property that they've got a commercial um business there but they really don't have access i mean there's you you have to drive down a one-lane road to be able to get to that property it doesn't have access to medical center parkway and then you know the asbury lane people can't get out on medical center parkway so we're hoping we can find a good resolution that works for everyone to be able to you know to to work on the transportation issue out there the person asked about the land also behind McDonald's. Uh, is that there at one point was going to be a hotel? Uh, is that anything? What, what is that? Nothing that I know of. Now, we've got Clary Park um, is that development that's coming to the council sometime in June. Uh, I think it's the next couple of weeks. That's the property that's out on Medical Center Parkway where... You know, it's all zoned multifamily. I want to say it's it's approved for like 480 multifamily units out there right now. And this the group's coming in wanting to do a mixture of multifamily, some townhomes, some single family, office space, commercial space, and, you know, the overall plan there. But I think it's important, you know, I talk about things that were already zoned that, you know, we're trying to work through. I mean, that piece of property out there is zoned for, you know, close to 500 units already uh, as it sits. So that's what we're, you know, we're working through, and that'll be a discussion over the next month or so. We have a couple of minutes left in the broadcast this morning. Uh, are there any things that you wish to share with the listeners about Murfreesboro? Some things that uh, yeah. you want to? Yeah, we're about? still working through. You know, I think the solid waste discussion. The county. I was I was watching the public works meeting this morning. Uh, you know, they're working through the RFP process. Um, you know, we're working through on you know what our next steps are on. Um, on the landfill discussion so those are things the council a couple of weeks ago three weeks ago we we approved uh, a transfer station purchase to be able you know to have our trash trucks come into for you know drop off because you know it the the taxpayer if if our trash trucks pick up solid waste and then they have to sit in line at the landfill for an hour and a half or two hours to drop their their load that they have i mean that costs us a lot of money when those trucks are not on the street picking up trash so we're, we're trying to find them you know with the amount of growth that middle point you know is allowed with other people coming in predominantly from you know metro nashville we're trying to find a way that it it, it benefits the taxpayer by having the transfer station and being more efficient in how we handle things so you know we pick up forty six thousand four hundred cans a week and that number goes up every single week with the people who move into murfreesboro and uh we you know we want to make sure that we keep that an efficient service and on that note we want to say thank you for joining us this thanks morning. mark 
Murfreesboro Mayor Shane McFarland visiting with us this morning, answering your questions. Hope you have a super rest of the day. Tomorrow at this time, we'll be talking with local attorney Brandon Bass and some personal injury law cases, what you need to do if you are in a traffic accident. Hey, have a super day.